The Katinka podcast is about stories. Then COVID-19 happened. I felt my world get smaller. I missed my friends. The Katinka podcast is as a result of this need to connect to friends. It is about stories. I believe as we gain insight into another's story, we help to bring humanity closer. Through others, we see snippets of something familiar but different. It is my collage of what a better world can look like. In the Katinka podcast, no story is too small. Every story matters. Hi, Mike. Welcome to my podcast. How's your day today? Hey, Katinka. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for making me my making me your first guest ever in your in your podcast. I'm so proud to be your first guest. Oh wow, that's so nice. But did you think I'd ever interview you? Um, yeah, I figured if there's anyone you'd you'd have as your first guest, it would be me, cause cause it's you know it's it's something new and at least. Um, you can, I know the word experiment with any question or any format you that you you want to test out, and that person would be me. I think. I can see, I can see a suppressed laughter there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm choosing my words. <laughs> so. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Do we want to go serious first or light? Yeah. Up to you. Um any, any. I'm comfortable with any. Okay, so I guess we probably should just give people an introduction. Um so I've known Mike since maybe I was seventeen, but we actually uh went to the same university and shared a common friend. Um and we won't really disclose how old we are now <laughs> or else we'll get dated. People will get um, show how old we really are. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess, you know, um, so Mike and I are from the Philippines and I guess Manila is having, or the whole Philippines really is having a bit more of a challenge in terms of the pandemic given the political scenario. Um, how do you think people can change this? The sorry, what? How do you think people can change? I guess the current shift in the way the government is handling the political crisis of the pandemic. Well, the the immediate action people can take is to speak out more. Um, which is already happening. Finally, uh, it seems that like the the worst fear of I guess every every Filipino is getting embarrassed. So so now that more more and more people are speaking out, they're getting these people in charge are getting more and more embarrassed, and they're trying to to to. I don't know. Do better. I don't, I'm not even sure if we can use that that phrase. But yeah. So but, how, how would you battle trolls though in the Philippines? Uh, trolls. Uh, trolls. You should just ignore. Because if you if you respond to their posts, it will just it will just make things worse. And 
again, rumor has it that they get paid per response. So, so if you ignore them, or or better yet, block them, uh, they don't earn anything. Yeah, they yeah they don't earn anything, and they're they're basically useless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. And so. Given the situation in the Philippines, how would you envision like a better Philippines if you could just, I guess, remove one thing that currently exists and if you had like a, a magic solution that could wipe out one thing that could drive positive change, what would it be? Uh, if, if, it's, if it has to be just one thing, it would be this this feeling of helplessness that a lot of people have that you know the the, the a lot of people say it it, it in tagalog it won't uh, uh or you know nothing will happen nothing will change even if i even if you participate in the in the even just the discussion or, or speaking out or 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 uh, or saying your piece, I I wish that more and more people would would speak out. Even just the act of speaking out does a lot. A lot of people don't believe that, but I think they're being proven wrong now, because given the pandemic, the only thing you know, a lot of people the only thing they can do is speak out on social media, and that act is is. Already doing a lot of good. I wish people would would be more active, um, say their piece, uh, and not act as if you know we're 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 helpless. Another thing I, I w- yeah yeah. Continue. Sorry. Another thing I wish would change is people don't normally speak out if the person doing the corruption is their friend or someone they know or is within their circle. I you wish... just read my mind. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask that given that we're in an age where our peers are already are the ones in um, political offices and power yeah. and how would you challenge that and would that be worth I guess two questions mm-hmm. how would you challenge that that you basically voice out to them and mm-hmm. two would it be worth losing the friendship for the betterment of the country yes <laughs> 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 Very well said. <laughs> yes, because yeah, true. What, yeah. What's happening now? What's happening now? So many, so many of our, so many Filipinos are now dreaming and actively working on leaving the country because of what they are yeah. doing. Because they're wrecking this country. Yes. yes, that's so true. I think even the last ones that, you know, have even established businesses don't really care anymore. They just want to live 
in a country that has the simplicities of um, safety, good government, and I guess you know a better health system. Yeah, and one one thing I mean, and what's the common excuse here when people tell you not to not to not to speak out? They say don't don't be quote unquote political. How how idiotic is that? Yeah, exactly. And how can you not be political if it's impacting where you live and how you live? Yeah. I think it's more obvious now with a pandemic, you know, given the restrictions that the government seems to have created for the Philippines. Yes, exactly. And and it it goes back to what I said earlier, the 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 worst fear of Pinoy's is getting embarrassed. To them, it's embarrassing to point out that someone is stealing. Someone is, you know, not doing his or her job. Someone is taking advantage of their position. And the reason why they don't want to talk about that is because they're embarrassed. Because it's embarrassing for that person. Who the heck cares? <laughs> I mean, yeah. the act of talking about it is not what's embarrassing. It's them doing that. But on the flip side, though, um, would there be an element of fear, though, also that if you spoke out, your life would be in danger? Would that be an accurate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like getting subpoenaed by the NBI? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, because that's the thing, right? Because that's the thing. The justice system is so screwed. Yes, yes. That's that. That that you know a little thing you do lands you in a state of jail. There's always that danger. <laughs> Believe you me, there's always that danger. You can yeah. you can you you can be you can you can be used as an example. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yes, but at some point you have to you have to ask yourself how much more of this can you stand. Or I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess in that sense, it, it 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 makes sense because you basically now are losing all your voices and the people who used to fight the fight for you. So now it's your turn to do it in in a way. Yeah, yeah. One of the things also is, uh, it's two years ago I met the I met the ones running Bantayog ng mga bayani. Um, I what's I don't have to translate Bantayog into to English. Um, uh, these people, uh, May Rodriguez and some of the other people, they're the ones running the the center. Um, mm-hmm. We we have a we have a project with them, and it it amazed me that you know they were doing everything with joy. So I asked them, how can you move? How were you able to move on? Because these people were tortured. The women were raped. They were kept in, in, in prison for a long time by Marcos and his, his regime. So he, I asked them, how can you move on? Because they weren't bitter at all. They said, you have to, Mike. You have to forgive them. Because if you don't, you're going. It's going to eat you up alive, and life goes on. So you know they they're they're unsung heroes, but they're at peace. 
and no one can tell them that you know what did you do for the country and the amazing part is it's they're the thing is they're they're doing it again now they're speaking out yeah so how can we do anything less we who we've been given so much more that's true but that's a really good insight though that um yeah that it's our turn and that everyone should actually really be able to speak out for anything that you would want for your country really or for yeah. yourself yeah and it's and, very cool and they didn't give an excuse i, I can't i can't speak out because i have kids you know i can't speak out because you know i'll be i'll be putting my business in danger they had kids they, they had their own businesses and they they still fought for us yeah that's true well that's really good to know okay on a lighter note um given that you've worked in the it industry for a long time mm-hmm. um we seem to have had a flurry of it schools for kids in the philippines mm-hmm. and I was wanting to ask you, in that context, how have these schools impacted the industry, um, or is it too early to tell? Um, well, one, it's it's um, it's it's a bit too early to tell, but I can see the momentum already building. Um, one of the changes with uh between now and maybe even as as early as five years or ten years ago is now the IT the the developers out there are more I don't know if I can use the word normal. <laughs> they're they're, okay. they're, they're, they're you know they're they're more like normal human beings as to as compared to before where you you know you have your you have your star trek star wars loving nerds uh yes (laughs) (laughs) that will be a different podcast altogether i have to study really hard (laughs) because like I, I remember um I remember before I um, maybe like seven years ago I asked I had to I had to, I had to, we had to interview more more devs we had to get more devs for the company so I warned the HR person I, I, I told her oh because uh, she's used to she's like she's she's used to interviewing people she's HR so I asked I told her uh Oh, I have to warn you, uh, the developers, the your typical the the developers are rather different from your normal normal applicants. And she had this bewildered look on her face. And then after like a month of interviewing, oh no, a few weeks of in, interviewing people, I asked her, uh, "So how's it going?" And then she laughed. She goes, "Oh my God, Mike, you weren't kidding." So. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying though so, from what, now, what you're saying though, no but what you're saying is if you're saying more normal now you're saying that less geek, geeky people or people who are more 
who have the orientation to be able to do computer programming that skill has extended to a wider range of people who are yes. not just technical who 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 are not who are not of that of of the old mindset of you know uh, uh people who otherwise would not become developers are now developers i guess that's what i'm saying because before you know, before it was very technical. Yeah, yeah. before this, before your developers were the, you know, were the pocket square, uh, loving Star Trek watching, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, people now, there, there may any it can be any, which is really good, right? Yeah. That allows a bigger range. And I guess given the success of how Vietnam seems to be doing in their IT industry, mm. that it actually is something that we can also achieve, yes. isn't it? Yes, yes, exactly. For me, that's... Okay, that's, that's, that's exactly... That's, you mentioned Vietnam, which is... Holy crap. Uh, what is... It's a... Okay, just to, just to give an idea... Um, in two thousand in two thousand and one, which will okay, which will date us. Um, I was talking to a friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, come to think of it, I was probably talking to him during grade school. Okay, so so I was talking to a friend. He's one of the best developers in the country. Um, and I'll never forget this because. At that time, India was exporting $1.2 billion worth of software. And at the time, we were already talking how about... My friend and I were talking about how the Philippines can do anything and everything India was doing at the time. Fast forward yeah. 2017. India's, in 2017, India exported something like $118 billion worth of software my gosh yeah if you know if, if the philippines can do the, if if the if india can do that why can't the philippines and then you mentioned vietnam in 2010 i had a project in vietnam uh it was a two-phase well it was supposed to be a two or three-phase project the first was systems analysis and then you you know you tell them what you're going to build and then the second phase was the actual development after submitting to them the build documents, they said, oh, okay, uh, we'll, we'll try it first ourselves. And the reason why they got me was because they didn't have developers then. In 2010, yes. the industry wasn't developed yet. Their, their internet was crap. It was, it was a... They had, not, they had you know, they, they, need, they needed to hire someone from the Philippines to do what they do what they needed but the amazing thing there is they said oh we will try it ourselves first in 2010 my gosh now they've 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 overtaken the philippines it's so for me it's so frustrating i guess it's interesting you say that because i've worked for my last two companies that i worked for mm -hmm. outsourced a huge part of the technical teams in vietnam yeah. and 
amazing. It's like we have, it's like a, a cottage industry wherein you either can hire a company or you can hire the individuals to do computers for as long as you pay in US dollars, they're happy. Yes, exactly. And, and that, that happened as early as 2016, I think, in like yeah. five, six years after I left. Because yeah. from what I know, the, the entire back office of Lazada is in Vietnam. It's been in Vietnam since yeah. 2016, I think. Yeah, and you get the whole raft of skills, not just developers. You know, you have all these project people also. Yeah. It's really, really amazing. And we, um, my husband also has, um, I think one of the companies he worked for mm-hmm. actually outsourced their whole IT department from Vietnam. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's. But do you think, though, that we were just, I guess, having been in the Philippines for a long time, do you actually think maybe just because there was so much money to be made in the call centers, this avenue was mm. overlooked? It's possible, right? Because yeah, we it's... have taken for the top country for customer support and service. Yeah. No, the the thing with the, no, it's it wasn't overlooked as if there was malice or or anything like that. It was the call center the call center industry paid really well. I I even heard of people who had, you know, good executive jobs but didn't pay so well. But when they transferred to call centers, they liked it better simply because it paid like double what they were getting. Figures. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, and and then also during that time, uh, there, there was still a stigma, you know, uh, against developers. Like developers were yeah. just nerds. Not quote unquote. It's hard. It's difficult. No, it's not. So. And that's changing now. I'm glad it's changing now. So I'll put you in a spot as well. I don't know if you can answer this, but from the time you started very early on to now, uh, do you see the number of women increase? Or has it increased? And if it has, has it significant? Or it's still like 10% of what well, you see in the industry? No, I'm proud to say that when, when I had my startup, I would hire female developers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and I th- I think it has increased a lot. Like during the my stint in the when when we were still holding office in in Greenhouse Coding School, a lot of our students were female. So it's really good though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's maybe part- not this generation. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's part of that whole uh, uh, change of. Of uh, I don't know what you call that. Of, stigma that yeah, it's stigma or the yeah or the or the profile of the coder or of the developer. It's not yeah. anymore, you know. It's not anymore of the of that you know, the 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 Star Trek, Star Wars, Dungeons and Dragons type <laughs> loving developer. It's more. I mean, you you can be a K K. K-drama watching female and still be a developer. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's also good. I also think that maybe in that context, the Filipina also has evolved, I guess, in that mm. sense. 
yeah. she it's okay for her to be a nerd now unlike before that yeah. she would be you're smart you'd be like oh stay away from her kind of thing now mm. they're sort of empowered to actually be something which is probably good yeah yeah cool cool um one other thing I was going to ask you, and this is a surprise question. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess every podcast has their own unique podcast question, and mine is, what story in your life, whether it's fiction or real, did you like as a child? What story in my life? Whether it's fiction no, it's or real. Really, what story? It's not really your life. What story, fiction or real, as a child, did you actually like? Meaning, even if it's something I heard or something that was told to me? Yeah, yeah. yeah not necessarily yeah. in my life? No. It, or it could be like a book that you read, a story that seems to have um, yeah, just captured your youth in a way that you still have a love for to this day. Oh, that's 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 easy. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's Star Trek. It's <laughs> Tell me why. Tell me why. Because it Star Trek Star Trek at least up to up to the um, after the next generation series, okay. Uh, I don't know what they're doing now with Star Trek, but that's not the Star Trek I grew up with. Um, it shows you exactly what we were talking, what we've been talking about, how anything and everything can can be done correctly, and how things can be can how things are possible. It's the closest I think to to a utopia that you can get without being weird. Um, yeah, there's equality. Uh, uh, Jane Way was one of the best captains ever. You're not you're not made fun of when you're a nerd or different. Yeah, or like different. Spock. Yeah, or yeah, or like Spock. Um, enemies can become friends. Like you know, Worf as a as a officer on 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 the on the bridge. And and even you know even though they've they've achieved all of what they've achieved in start in in that in that se- in the in on Earth at least in the in the twenty first century, there's still a huge thirst for knowledge. You know they they didn't rest on their accomplishments. It's it's great, and up to now I still you know I and the, and and a lot of the things that were science fiction then are now science fact. Like where did you get inspiration for the for the mobile phone for the tablet even they were using tablets in <laughs> the next generation when they were filming it in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> but i guess the i guess coming from a non-nerd and listening to you speak this way yeah. i guess it's also really interesting because for a non nerd like me mm-hmm. when I used to watch it I just looked I always just looked at what was the story and what were they doing I never really looked at it in the context of the, the ideal utopia that you know that friends can be enemies and that you could actually dream of a better world and achieve it and still you know go the extra mile to be better in the next realm that they're in yes 
Oh, and 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 contrary to popular belief, Star Trek wasn't a niche TV series. It it had more viewers than than uh, what's that singing competition? Uh, America's Got Talent. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a niche series that like regularly it would have like 10, 18 million in the in the tens of millions of viewers so it wasn't an it wasn't you know it isn't a show just for nerds i guess that's true and i guess everyone can relate to one particular character that they can like and and um yeah well that's pretty cool okay mm-hmm. going back to your work um so you've been in software in the software industry for a long time and i guess your biggest passion is the healthcare industry. Yes. And how how did that develop and what potential did you see then that we still haven't fulfilled that you're looking to fulfill today? Oh well, potential. Uh, well, okay. Um, in 2004 I would see uh, people going to to uh, medical missions. Uh, yes. One one day and then going back to the medical mission like another week or or sometime in the future and being and and there was no continuity in care of care it's like one day one medical mission the person would be treated for like a stomach ailment the next the next mission it would be for something else they would the the doctors wouldn't know the medical history of the patient. So for so it was almost like a waste of time. Um, yeah. So and then and then and then around the same time, I saw in I did a I did a study in the Cancer Institute in PGH, and I saw how people would wait uh, to get their a copy of their printed medical record from the from PGH uh, and they would wait sometimes they would wait for like days or over a week to get that copy uh, so that they can use that copy to ask for financial help from wherever from your congressman from from wherever yeah so so that's when the, that's when my passion started uh, fast forward to now um, I'm working with some with some people who who develop a full healthcare system from your hospital information system to your to your risk packs to your accounting. Is it specifically accounting for a hospital from your ancillary, ancillary services, uh, labs, the works. Even up to document management, where you have to um, scan existing paper records, digitize uh, OCR, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and that's what we're we're uh, offering now to hospitals. The first, the sad thing is, we before this pandemic, we talked to several hospitals, and some were willing to engage us already. Mo, uh, a lot were you know didn't see the need it wasn't so urgent to them the sad thing is when the pandemic hit the a lot of them regret 
not engaging us because now they really need it badly. But yeah. the thing is, now that they've realized that, they don't have the money anymore, at least not not for this year, to to overhaul their entire IT system. Yeah. yeah but but we, but of course we'll still continue. Um, we're, so we're, are you offering? Sorry, are you offering like a system where you basically have a patient's records all? Is it tied to a specific hospital or is it a patient only owning the record and this software system is the back end that basically is a foundation for all hospitals to input their data for a um for, for, for a patient? Our system is data privacy act compliant. So we have we have a hospital face we have a hospital system and then we have a a patient facing system also. So okay. the patient has access to his or her own records and uh, will have the authority to share to share his or her records with with any doctor and then the the sharing feature is is um, it's restricted meaning you have to have full 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 authority to access a record and it's time time bound, so if someone if a doctor has access to it, it's not access forever. It's access until X number of you know X, X period, and it can be revoked so the, at any time. And the patient owns all their, for example, a patient owns all their records, and they can view their whole history in one system. Yes. Is that yes? Okay. Yes. So your which phase are you in the project now? Oh, we have we have we have most of it. We have most of most of the features already. It's our our for the, for the, sorry what for the hospital or is it for the hospital that's almost ready to be deployed? No, or? The hospital system has been deployed. We call it the integrated healthcare management system uh, oh, or wow. solutions. It's been working in in one of the hospitals in in Fairview for several years already. Okay. Um. What we're changing now is the we call it the clinic information system or the EHR, the electronic health record system. Um, yes. The the ones specifically for the for multi clinic for multi doctor uh, special specialties specializations. Yes. Um, because one thing that we needed to add to our system is your 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 uh, decking or queuing. Uh, what does that mean exactly? Meaning, meaning, because um, you have a you'll have a problem with since everything is now done online. Uh, the the doctor can't be like for example, you need to have yourself checked, and then you need to go to three different kinds of doctors. It would be okay. difficult for you and for the place to the clinic to manage you directly on a per doctor basis meaning you can't go to doctor a doctor b doctor c on your own so instead yeah. you will have like a, a it's almost like a receptionist yeah or a queue master and that that queue master will be the one decking you based on the doctor's schedule so everything mm, that's really so, good. so like yeah. everything like 
instead of giving your personal information individually to the three doctors, it will just go through all that. It will just go to the queue master, and then you'll be queued uh, accordingly, and then you'll be reminded accordingly, etc. By, by that one central central uh, module. So with what you're doing, it looks like it can be adopted by practically every single hospital, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And person in the Philippines. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So that's massive potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And and one thing one thing that that's been working in our IHMS, and it's been working for several years, and it's a big problem unique to the Philippines is the Phil Health. Uh, uh, e-claims reimbursement. Yes. So, and that's one of the big problems that we, we really want to fix in the Philippines. Because like the hospital where our system is has been deployed, at least before the pandemic, they did not have a problem with their mm-hmm. PhilHealth collection. Yeah. Uh, because, because the problem there is the other hospitals they start working on their PhilHealth documentation after the patient leaves, so they start collating, you know, getting the the fixing, uh, filling out the documents, etc. After the doctor, yeah. after the patient leaves, in in our yeah. system, the information is collected as you interact with the patient, which is really good. So by the time, that's how it should be really. yeah. yeah, that's how it really should be. So by the time the patient yeah. leaves. The documentation is almost all complete. You just need, you know, certain signatures, etc., and then you submit it to PhilHealth. Yeah, and you there know, would it, be potential. There would be potential internationally as well. I think. So yeah. It's really yeah. Big. yeah. Yeah. They do it slightly, um, uh, slightly automated here in Australia, wherein um, if you claim from the local Medicare, um, they have an app and then you can take photos of, I guess this is just claiming for reimbursement. Um, But, you know, you can take photos of, um, I guess, the doctor's uh, invoices and then you can upload it using certain codes. And then in a few days, you get your money in your bank account. Mm, yeah. I guess um, so. In in some ways, I see that I don't think any country has really had a complete, um, you know, as the total solution. And we really, I guess, every country would really want something like that that can make things easy for themselves and the patient. Yes, yeah. That's like a lot of potential. You might be the next Zoom and be in the billion dollar industry. <laughs> <laughs> I hope one can hope. <laughs> well, we look forward to your success and um yeah, thank you for your time. Oh thanks, thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks so <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs>